0: Following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee.
1: Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radio Land. Greetings, salutations, hello. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radio Land. From the home office in Memphis, Tennessee, episode 376. About to happen here in just a moment. It's a big show, too. Big time show. Uh, you're going to want to hang around for this. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I wanted to uh, take, a, <laughs> take a minute and tell you, since last time we spoke, uh, I, I went and got my uh, second COVID shot. Pfizer. Yeah, buddy. Went that route. No, I did not have any effect that I'm aware of. Uh, that any side effect that I'm aware of. I, I, I think I may have had a headache. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't last long. Uh, it was like a couple hours after I, got, I think I got, it was a, it was last Thursday, um, about four thirty, went through the Pipkin thing over there, smooth as silk. The uh, I guess it was the the Marines that were running it, National Guard. Somebody was able to run it. Bunch of cats in uniform, nice folks. Rolled up my sleeve, got my shot, and took off. And then I was I was here in this studio, uh, Studio A. Uh, working on some stuff, and um, I felt a, a little bit of a headache come on a couple hours into 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 that. You know, after the shot. Ooh, excuse me. Didn't really think much of it. Um, it could have been from that. I don't know. Um, it could have. I, I get I get a headache every once in a while, like everybody else. Uh, I didn't really ever feel queasy. Just uh, my arm hurt like hell. But aside from that, it was fine. Um, and then boom, it's done. And then on top of that. <clears throat> Just this weekend, the wife got hers. Yes, yeah, she finally she finally got her first shot. <laughs> she's been avoiding this because she doesn't she doesn't not a big fan of this sort of thing. And she's she's heard all these horror stories from people who, well, she tends to follow. Uh, well, she doesn't follow anybody, but she, uh, she she tends to pay attention to what other people say. And there's people that are saying some really dumb things, and they're saying things like, you know, oh, you'll get the thyroid cancer. You get pituitary cancer. You get the cancer of your saliva buds, uh, taste bud cancer. You got you know all this shit. And um, somebody else is out there got in her head and said that fifty percent of people who got the second shot die from it. <laughs> and they were dead serious about this sort of thing. So you know if you know Josephine, you know I mean she's not that she's gullible. It's just that she she wants to believe everybody. You know she's she's a good natured soul. But what really turned her around, why did she get the shot, you ask? I'll tell you why she got the shot. Because there was an incentive there. She knew that she would never be able to get on a plane and fly to Ireland to see her family if she didn't get the shot. And she's absolutely correct in that. <clears throat> Not only that, she's been watching what's been going on in India. And if you've been following, if you've been anywhere remotely following that story <clears throat> about the unmitigated catastrophe that the COVID-19 uh, pandemic has done to that country it is it i'm not going to get into it i mean you need to go search it out yourself it's absolutely heartbreaking uh it really is it's it's gotten to the point now where the prime minister there uh modi i can't think of his last name i, th- I think it's asshole i don't know they may be running him off uh he's has not handled this well there's they, they, he actually shut down vaccination centers at, at one point uh, there, there are so many dead people that the crematoriums can't keep up. There are people dying on the sidewalks outside the hospitals because they can't get in. They've run out of, of forced oxygen. They're trying to get all that together. They are burning bodies in open funeral pyres in the public parks. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, and to think that you could solve this with the vaccine or at least come close to it, you know, come close to solving it. So, you know, I implore you. If you have not gotten your your vaccine and you're thinking about it, do your do your research, do your due diligence, go get it. Um, you know, it it's well tolerated from everybody I've talked to about it. Um, it's uh it's going to be fine. We can return to some 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 better sense of normalcy if you do get this thing. Um, the vaccine that is and, and and leave the politics out of it. You'll find that it goes a lot smoother with, with, with that with that with that out of, that out of your head. So, uh, if you've only gotten one shot and you're and you you haven't taken the second one yet and you're due for it and you're or overdue for it, go get it. Just Do yourself a favor and go get it. You'll be fully vaccinated. Vaccinated and it, it. Trust me, it's it's a weight off. I I feel like now I, I can live a little more normal life. You know, and uh, that's a good thing slowly, but surely, you know, that's the way we got to do it. So please, I say it at the end of every show, take care of yourselves and take care of one another. That's, this is one of the things that you can do to achieve that really can. All right, we're going to pause when we come back. I boy, howdy, do we have a big show for you? It is the great Bobby rush. Uh, it was, was a conversation that occurred is a, a brief aside here of uh, uh, this conversation occurred at the end of January of this year. And I thought I'd released it, and I, it turned out I hadn't, and I'd had people asking me about it. Well, it's coming up. Uh, Mark Caldwell, Natalie, uh, myself, we sat down with, uh, with, uh, with Bobby Rush, and we had this conversation, and you're going to hear it next, right here from Radioland.
2: You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her, and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call Pet Joy right now. 800 296 1495. 800 296 1495. 800 296 1495. That's 800 296 1495. Mr. Bobby Rush has joined us.
1: Hello, Mr. Rush hello how you doing oh my god there he is
3: he's there rick bobby is on the line
1: and tracy is uh, tracy so has joined us by phone as well so we're all kind of here happening together
3: hi tracy tracy girl what's up
4: hi i am so excited this is gonna be such a wonderful evening
1: well, we're, we we thank you both for uh, uh, taking the time out on a Sunday night to come spend it with us and and uh, talk about this new record, Bobby. Uh, Rawer than raw, who is uh, it's already getting all the you know the the uh, the accolades that it deserves uh, with the uh, with the BMAs. You got a couple of nominations there. There's a couple of Grammys I think sitting there at you. You know, the 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 word slow down does not exist in Bobby
5: Rush's vocabulary.
3: No right. Oh, it's amazing. No. Oh no
5: way, no way. Slow down is. Well, yeah, my name is Rush, man. i slow down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I bet it's killing you that you're just not being able to do as many shows as you're used to doing.
5: Man, I'm, it's, it's been it's, it's rough. Uh, it's been rough, but uh, mainly i around the house, but I'm learning a lot about myself, a lot about my grandchildren and children that I didn't know about. So my little grand, great-grandson told me the other day, he hadn't saw me around the house as so long. He's a granddaddy, he called me granddaddy's so my I mean, he's a great grandchild. He said, "When are you going home? <laughs> <laughs> when you no, go, get out of here." <laughs> I "I'm still here, baby."
3: <laughs> so, so where's <laughs> home right now, Bobby? Are you in Jackson, Mississippi
5: still? I'm in, Jack, I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay.
3: Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
5: You've you've
1: that that's that is that's like where you're originally from down around those parts, aren't you?
5: No, I'm uh. I'm, I'm really, really, really My my grandparents are from here. But I was born in Louisiana, a little place called Homer, Hainesville, Louisiana. Oh, Homer. And I, but I left in 1947, went to Pablo, Arkansas with my father, who was a pastor of a church.
6: Mm-hmm. In
5: the early 50s, I moved to Chicago for about 48 years. And from that, I kind of migrated back where my grandmother and all of them were from, which is from Mississippi, you know.
3: So, so, I, I, am. so I know you were named after your dad. So your real name's not Bobby Rush. So I, I'm no. interested in finding out, like, how did you come up with your name Bobby Rush? Because you are, you know, <laughs> your daddy's well, son. Well, you're a I, junior. Well,
5: and I'm named after my father, who was a minister in the Upright Maine, and uh-huh. I had so much respect with him. So I want to change my name, not so much to Bobby Rush. I just want to change it to some, some name that had one syllable, you know. If you notice, no, nobody called me Bobby. Nobody called me Rush. Everybody called me Bobby Rush. That's right. There's a lot of Rush and a lot of Bobby's but April one Bobby Rush. So, so and so, just respect for my father being a preacher that's all. And I tell it everywhere I go when you go Google my name you Google uh Emmett Ellis also. Like right, a right so Hollywood, is there you know you know
3: So so the name Bobby Rush like did that come out of anything specific or did you just b- no, b- pull that out of the I want, air? I
5: want, to, I want to be named Eisenhower some some big name like the president or whatever, you know, but, but it didn't sound right coming from me, so I looked for several names before I settled fell fell with this name, and I uh, finally came up with the with the Bobby Rush. It sounded like one name, like one syllable, so I uh, so I went for that, and so I'm stuck with it now. So here I am, Bobby <laughs> Rush. <laughs> I,
1: don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say stuck with it, Bobby Rush, because it has done you very well over the years.
5: Well, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that it's well. it been ups and down, and. But over the years I'm so proud and so thankful for what it have done for me. You uh
1: you you got your well one of your early starts uh through a guy I'm a big fan of which is uh, Mr. Elmore James is that mm-hmm. is that true? Uh, yeah.
5: Yeah, uh, man. What Elmore was... James was I met Elmore James when he I think Elmore James must have been 25. Wow. Less, 25, 28 years old when I met him. Uh and I thought he was an old man because I was a teenager. <laughs> and, uh, and how I met Elmo Jane was through uh, Time Bluff, Arkansas. I wanted him to play a gig for me at that time. He wanted $5 a night, and I couldn't pay him but $3, which was $12 for the weekend.
3: Oh, my God. $15. Wow.
5: So I couldn't pay him the $15. So there was a lady in Bell Zone in Mississippi that he really liked. And the, the girl, he was she was like uh, maybe 20 years old. She was engaged to a friend of mine. He looked at her and said, "Bobby Rush, I'd do anything just to talk to that woman." I said, "What you say, Mo James?" This is not not I'm supposed to tell this though, because dirty me, I go to tell the guy she was dating. He on a funeral home, so I wanted him to take me to the gig, but I didn't want him to take me all the way to the club because he was riding his hearse. I didn't want nobody to see me getting out of the hearse. <laughs> 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 So every other week, Elmo James agreed to play for me for nothing, and he would stay home with this gonna be wife of his. I don't know what they did. Probably he just talked to her, and that made me feel good. You know, he probably just talked to the lady. That's why all they did. <laughs> if you know. Wow, what I mean. that's an amazing story. But that, but that, that's not right though. It's not right for me to do that. You know, I, but I did it because I want Elmo James to play for me free. You know. Um, I would imagine during
1: their time with uh, uh, Elmore James, you learned an awful lot about the not just the but the blues, but just the showmanship because it, I, I tell anybody if you wanna if you wanna be a showman, you gotta look at Bobby Rush.
5: Man, I learned so much from Elmo James, the Howler Wolf, the Muddy Water, John Lee Hooker, the little Jimmy Reed, uh the Bo Dillard and all these guys, man. Man, I looked up to the all these guys. These guys these was, he was the old guys. These guys were like twenty five years old when I was like a teenager. And I thought it was old. I remember Muddy Water had his 26 or 27 year old, 28, maybe 28 years old birthday party. And he invited me to his birthday party. I forgot to go to his birthday party at 10.30. It's so, all oh, man, I forgot to go to Muddy Water's birthday party. I went to Muddy Water's birthday party by 10.30. He said, I would rush. He said, he, he call me Blood. He said, Blood the party is over. But come out to the back, door Come upstairs. I got a lot of ladies. And he did have about fifteen or twenty ladies up there, they had to dress oh, all wow. up to see everything, but oh man, and they was like, old lady one lady said, I'm twenty five, the other lady said, I'm thirty. One said thirty three. I sneak out the back door, because 'cause I'm thirty three years old <laughs> 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 I thought that was old man. That's that's a shame on me, man. Yeah, I sneak out the back door. So I'm gonna leave for these old ladies up here, thirty seven years old you know <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch out
1: for these old women
5: Bobby Rush the, 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 yeah the, yeah. The, the, yeah well one day listen I'll be 35 my birthday I run man I run of course you now understand I'm like 17 18 years old you know so that was old to me you know wow
3: <laughs> so Bobby I, there is a story and you can tell me if it's true or not um, about the song Coochie Coochie Man and how you passed on it and then Muddy ended up with it is that is that true well.
5: Where well, Willard Dixon came to me with a song. I come to Willard Dixon, really, with a song. I said, really, I got a song called, Who's Your Man," And he said, well, tell me how it goes. And I told him how it goes. Called Willie Dixon was, I can tell it now, because I, I got this book that I'm writing, telling the truth about it. Willie Dixon was a friend. He was a good writer, but he was a hell of a stealer. He, he would steal you dry. So uh, he stole the line for me, the idea for me. And some kind of way, Muddy Waters did it. I don't. know, He was uh, was working with Muddy Waters on that thing, and all, all all of a sudden, I heard "Hoochie Coochie Man," and I had it "Hoochie Man," and so that's how the storm song got away from me, you know. And that was, I was that was early. That Willie Dixon one, I think, brought its attention to Muddy Waters. I don't know who finished writing it or doing whatever, but anyway, Barbara Ray started that thing off.
3: Wow.
1: How many how many records have if, if you been involved in over the years? You think three
5: hundred
1: ninety-seven. I got three hundred. Oh my
3: God! Really?
1: Three hundred ninety-seven records. Three
5: hundred ninety-seven.
1: That's quite the catalog, Bobby.
5: Well, there's uh, three hundred ninety-seven. Uh, if you notice, I had two years ago. I had the box set of the year. Yes. And I think I had seventy-five, maybe a hundred and twenty. Uh, Masters is on this uh, on this CD, and you can't have a box set with masters if you don't own them. Right. And I I, I was blessed and lucky to be in the right place at the right time to have all the masters that I own, and at least part of them, and some of them is all of them. And uh, I'm just blessed, man. Didn't know I was didn't know I was uh, making history when I was doing it. Just trying to survive, you know.
1: You know going through when you look back to it, you know how many over the years, how many musicians have been turned over by you know bad deals and and but you managed to survive all of that, I mean, relatively unscathed. I'm sure you had your troubles with it as well, but my god man, you were you were able to come through this and and those those are your records man, I was able to
5: come through it, not knowing what I was doing, learning as I was doing it, and still learning. Uh, the ups and down, the mistake I made, I learned from the mistakes. I often talk about uh, how a man or woman can make a mistake, and you can correct yourself if you know you're making a mistake. But what's, what's wrong when you make a mistake and don't know you're wrong? Because the Bible teaches me in my reading that a man will do wrong so long, you think he's right. So when you think you're right and you're wrong, you're in trouble. When you know you're wrong, you can correct yourself anytime you get ready. Right. But in my situation, God just had his embraced me and had his arms around me because I didn't know where I was going, didn't know what I was doing. Didn't, half the time, I didn't know what I was going to sing about. I was just singing what I felt and what I thought was right. And it came out to be uh, the right thing to do. And, I, and and that's what happened with me, man. You know, And Can I'm you- so blessed that being able to do what I've done all these years, and now for the last maybe 18, 20 years, I'm at a crossover with a white audience, but I haven't crossed out my black audience. I'm, 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 I'm like two, two peoples in one. Yeah. Maybe sometimes that's bad, but, but then again, I think it's good because God has blessed me to be able to do for all people, not just uh, one category.
3: I'm interested to know because you started out so early, and because you are, uh, you know, a blues musician from the South, and you've traveled the world over. What kind of obstacles did you find racially traveling uh, down south, or, or if you did, I don't know. Did you? Did you? Did you face difficulties?
5: Oh, yeah. yeah, but tell, uh, tell us me, a little bit you, about that. Let me tell you that uh, I can talk about this now because uh, we're in a situation now where things are kind of out in the open now about what where we stand as people, yeah. especially when you're a musician, and it's a little more different when you're a black musician. I left the southern states. In 1951 or 52, headed to Chicago where I thought I was going to find a better outlook, a better way of making a living, and some free opportunities that I could, that I could find in the north that I wouldn't find in the south. I wouldn't have to go to the colored uh, fountain and drink water. I could go into hotels that I couldn't go in in the south. But when I got to the uh, suburb of Chicago in 1951 or 52, I think it was 1952. J.B. Illinois, Muddy Waters, got me a job and a, and a guy who lived in Robin, Illinois. He had a club in Blue Island, Illinois. And I went there to play, and when I got to the place, I couldn't go in the front door without to play. I went to the back and called through the back door and crawled up on the stage, and the guy had a curtain. We played behind a curtain every night to a white audience where well, he wanted to hear my music, but didn't want to see my face. Oh. Wow. That was, in, that was in Illinois. I never thought I would find it in Illinois. I said, wow. I thought it was bad in the South. Look what I found in Illinois. So my heart was broken, man. My hope was gone because I went to the North to try to find a better way and better opportunity for me as a, as a musician, as a blues singer, and as a black man. And I didn't find it there. I was just disheartened about it. So what? I didn't know what it turned to, didn't know where to go, and and I just started writing kind of a song that and listening to kind of a song that would take me out of that in my song.
1: Was that standard for a lot of black artists that played in in, in little towns like that?
5: Yeah, it was kind of standard, but I, but being from the south, I thought it's gonna be a better yeah. because I'm going north. <clears throat> you know, I would go north, go to Chicago, and you have better opportunities to make more money and you have opportunities to play places you wouldn't play. Uh, in Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama. You, you know, but it wasn't no different. So it Bobby, was no different.
3: So, Bobby, once you got up there and you faced that, like, I, I mean, did you stay there? Did you decide, like, I need to go somewhere else? Like, yeah, what um, what, um, what yeah, was your I, thought yeah, at
5: that I, time? I, like, I, what you needed to do about it? Yeah, that's the only thing about it. And then, I didn't know no place else to go. And everywhere I turned, people felt the same way about me as a blue, and a black mm-hmm. man. They felt the same way. So I was damned if I do and damned if I don't. Because I had went to the best place I knew of that would really told me that I have more freedom, and I didn't find it there. So I just had to live with what I was living with. So I came back to the black neighborhood and tried to be the big star for my people. When I said my people, I'm talking about black people. So are you so talking I about went.
3: back to Arkansas or back to no, Tennessee?
5: No, no, no. Back to the neighborhood, see? Because uh. what I was playing, was, wasn't no, it wasn't a black audience. That's Yeah, that's true. There was, or to th-
4: the Chitlin Circuit. Yeah, the Chitlin no, no, Circuit.
5: No, 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 no. Let's hold him. me straight. And Blue Island, Illinois, where there were no black people out there. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't a black, that wasn't the Chitlin Circuit.
3: Define so for us can't... white people and the audience out there, what do you mean by, wh- exactly when you say the Chitlin Circuit? The
5: yeah, Chitlin, well, let me hear you, First of all, let, you, let, me, let me straighten you here, sir. Let me get something straight here. The chilling circuit ain't such a... It don't mean just a juke joint. Yeah. The chilling circuit at that time was was, was put in and because most of the time the musician wasn't getting paid anything. They, getting, they were playing for food and a place to stay. Oh, and they wow. were feeding you chilling circuits.
3: Gotcha. Like chilling, okay. I'm okay. About
5: chilling the inside of a hall. That's most of the time that's what you got, two or three dollars tip. Okay. And you and you at you have something to eat. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I, your, and you get your place to stay because you couldn't stay in the hotel. You had to find some woman who wanted to take you home with her that, that, <laughs> that was on way up out, whatever. Right. It's a chitlin turkey.
3: Wow. And, and okay. Everybody,
5: everybody thinks it's the, because it, it's the juke joint, but it's chitlin they fetch you. I remember working in the Argo, Illinois in 1953. I played so good that maybe they gave me three chicken uh, sandwiches and three hamburgers and three chitlin plates. I was selling for $0. $0.25 a piece. But well, I could make 3 or $4 a night selling my, selling my dinner that he gave me. Oh, my and God. My a couple of dollars, and I gonna make 7 or $8 a night. Wow. Wow,
3: that's amazing. And I was paying wow. Muddy Water
5: to do a guest for me, and I paid Muddy Water several times $5.50 for my guess in 1951.
1: When did all of that change for you? When did when did you know you had to have come out of that? Clearly, it was, was it about uh, nineteen about nineteen sixty eight. So in sixty eight, long time. It
5: 1968 did that. Nineteen sixty eight was it started to change in nineteen sixty three. I was coming from Rock Island, Illinois in nineteen sixty three when I myself and Robert Plunkin, my drummer, uh, Ike Turner was in the front of me, but he was maybe a mile or two in the front of me.
1: Yeah.
5: Myself, Ike Turner, and but just me and my drummer were together when my when a truck hit my station wagon and turned it over, and it flipped in a ditch, it was zero degree outside. So we took the tie iron and buried ourselves in the ground to try to keep warm till someone found us. The and uh, the hell? truck hit my uh, uh, station wagon, and a truck hit him. Other way, but ten trucks hit each other, and all ten trucks, ten men, got burned up myself and my drummer was the only survivor. And when they did find us that morning, they found us and said, listen, is anybody else here? We was hollering for help because we was buried ourselves in the ground to keep them freezing. And someone walked by and used the N-word. Said, no, just two N-words. They're in the ground. They're already buried. Leave their butt (gasps) here and they left us.
3: Shut up. Are you serious? Oh, my God.
5: That was somebody from the sheriff's department. Wow. And he left us there. Nobody found us. Eight hours later, somebody found us.
1: Well, God love him for that because God uh, you know Damn. It. Kept you going. So it wasn't it was not my point being is it was not an overnight success for you.
5: Oh no. I've been doing this seventy years, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long been, damn night, isn't it, Bobby? I've been, been recording seventy years this year, man. The, uh, and,
3: and I know, didn't didn't you have the COVID, right? I mean, I I oh, thought yeah, I had, heard I that, and I I, I, I was, was pretty concerned at one time because I thought you were having a little bit of trouble with that. So, mm-hmm. you want? Do you want to talk about January, that?
5: January the twenty eighth, I was in Memphis, I was in Nashville, Tennessee. I got sick, and I came home that Sunday morning. My son, taking my son, who's a politician who's in canine, who's on, you know, drug law enforcement, took out work and took me to the hospital. I had a 105 degree temperature. Didn't know how, didn't know my up or my down. So I'm being a black man who they taking me in the hospital. When they take me in the hospital, they put me in this room. And I heard somebody say, take him in room number three. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what room number three means. But a line later that was in a room where they kinda of give you up. Oh wow. What? So I'm in a I'm a black man who's
3: Uh is this in Jackson, did, Mississippi? Yeah,
5: but they didn't know they didn't they were just done what they know to do. Yeah. They went harsh to me. They put in, and they went and I noticed they put these suits on. That's what well, I probably he that's oh it. Probably my God. They he got COVID. They didn't know they didn't know what to do. And in February twenty eighth there was no cases in Mississippi. That was one of the first cases.
3: Right.
5: Yeah, that's so, early um, on. So they put me in this room with nothing in but a chair. So I went to lay down because I was weak. So I laid down on the floor. So I thought I was there for about 20, 30 minutes, but I found out I was there for two or three hours.
2: Because mm-hmm.
5: I was going and coming with 105 degrees. Right. Mm-hmm. And when they did come to get me and I uh, got in touch with my doctor, so I was in the hospital under Emmett Ellis. But when my doctor found out that I was in there, so they got the word got around that I'm just Bobby Rush now. Some, some, <laughs> somebody got the word that I'm who I am. What, right. What, I don't know what that means. Did you get anyway, any better treatment said, then? He said, <laughs> got, he said, we got to get you out of here, man, because this is what it, the virus is in the hospital. So my I got my temperature down to the 101, and they come and got my son took me home. And, and my son and my family nursed me back to health and God uh, embraced me. And brought me back this way. Thank God. Mm. And I and, and and here I am, and I'm so thankful. So you that haven't up had this rut. So you,
3: know? you haven't had any residual effects from that that have carried on. No,
5: no. I had my my niece and nephew was in the house with me back in Florida. Then my daughter in law, which is my son, uh, uh, her wife, she caught it. She called the COVID. That was a, a month later. Then my niece. My nephew and my niece had it. My niece passed three days before equippling with it. She wanted to ventilate it. She didn't make it, so I had oh lost.
3: God, a I'm people. so my, sorry my to hear was that.
5: All right. Uh my fam- whole family went and isolated out of herself, and we went taking the test and we didn't have it. So we come out good and here I am and five days ago I took a I took my first uh, vaccination. You know? Oh you did? Good. I did it already. I did it already.
1: Well, you, well, yeah, you're, you should be high on that list. It's Bobby Rush, for God's sake. He needs that <laughs> vaccination. <Yeah. laughs> you, we got a new year. we got we got some stuff that's coming our way here. Hopefully, it's a, a light at the end of the tunnel. And I would imagine during this time off,
5: you've uh, spent some time writing a bit, have you? Oh, God, yeah, man. I'm writing every day, man. I, God, it was so disgusting at one time. But then again, I find time to write and, and kind of entertain myself in my thoughts and writing. And it made it a little bit easier for me. Now I'm so glad that I had a time to really learn my kids, learn my family. They learned me, and I got some things I hadn't did around the house. I should have done. I had a chance to do them, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, they working me to death around the house. <laughs> every, time, every, every, every time I look around, it's a bug over here. A a Bye. Uh, come kill this bug. Come. Oh, <laughs> the so many things to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the album
1: behind Rarer the Raw is going to be about all of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that tune, those damn grandkids. You know that's. <laughs> wow well, no! Oh,
5: yeah, man, do them kids. You know. Oh no! They all call me granddad, but some of them, i great granddad. But everybody calls me granddad. You know.
1: What do they think about you, uh, you and your music, your your, your
5: family? They, what well, they take it for granted like everybody is. I'm granddaddy, you know. This just I'm just granddaddy singing another song, and he's getting another Grammy. It don't mean that much to him, I don't think. I think if we we'll have they get older, they they'll realize they realize who I am to them and what I what I what I what I set forth and to do in this life. And uh, you know, a kid just you know you know you ain't nothing special to to a child, but either you're the father, granddaddy, or you just you know or your husband, or your whatever. You just you just someone who supplied. Uh, the food on the table, you know. I, I uh, watched. They respect me. They respect me, though, you know. But not no big deal. No style to
1: them. I watched uh, with great delight uh, the film uh, "My Name Is Dolomite" to see your appearance in that in that film, and I I just howled laughing about that because you looked so damn good in that film there, and I thought, wow, this there it is right there. That's I know. Right.
3: I went to the premiere with Willie Hall. <laughs> yeah.
5: And, oh, yeah. And
3: yes. And it was like, and there were so many Memphis musicians there. It was so much fun, and it was just—I mean,
5: well, like- I, I appreciate that. You know, but they didn't—they didn't push me because we had Murph such a fine gentleman. But I don't think they—they they didn't give me—they didn't get push me a lot. But I think I pushed myself by being good at what I was doing. I think I—I made thought I was just gonna be another guy who was in the movie playing, the, doing the entertainment. But I think I kind of went overboard by—by by God bless me—to be there doing it. And I used my name doing it, and I think I was good at what I was doing. So, I took me a spot. I just took the spot, you know.
3: Honey, you <laughs> took it and you owned it. Oh yeah, it you was owned it. You stole. Yeah, it, yeah. Oh
5: yeah. hell yeah. Yeah, you know what I did. I, I, I talk about it now. Mistake I made. It allowed me three days to get the part right. But I was so interested to make sure I did it right. I got it right in about two, about three takes of it, and I had it right. It's said, "Okay, take, good take." That's it, it vibration. I mean it well, was just Well I missed I missed my money because they were paying me every day I had to do it. But so if I've been smart I could at least take 3 or 4 days to do it. <laughs> 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 but I'm but I'm too, but I'm too dumb to the fan. No no no. I, I want to get it right. No. Right you're now. you're
3: a professional and you know yes. you went out there and you killed it and you were yes. you. You were just act
5: you're exactly yes. you doing you. I mean, about that, about that second or third tape, they said, well, Barbara Rush, oh, man, you done. I said, John. When I can make this money every day, I want to be about five days of that money. You know. Oh, well,
1: absolutely. Um, I've got somebody I've just added to the line here. Uh, his name is uh, Mr. John Bass. Uh, I understand. Uh, Bass. Excuse me. Oh,
5: John Bass, Big oh guy. Hey,
1: yes, yes, and uh, he has he has joined us in the conversation. I, I hope that's you. That is that you there, John? You can hear us. It, 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 this is
6: John Bass. Yeah. No. Thank, thanks. thank
1: Thanks for having hey, me.
5: Hey, John. It. There. There he is. <laughs> Yay, that's my, that's my main man. He's done best. <laughs> hey, Mister Rush, how are you? I'm doing good, man. You on with? I was hoping you you join us, man, to get in on what we're talking about. Hope I hope we hadn't, hadn't you hadn't lost too much of it. What we're talking about? No.
1: Well, you know, with Bobby returning back to the uh, Mike Curb Institute of Music over at Rhodes uh, as a visiting scholar of the arts, and and then uh, okay. you know, we want to but that uh, that's quite
5: the gift you're giving there, Bobby. Man, let me tell you something. Rose have did something to me that no other college or no other people have done in this direction and on this level. And not only just the level of what they done as a college, but the people that have been so kind to me, pulling out of me what they needed to pull out of me and I'm I just I don't know how to tell John and all the people involved how I appreciate them and Tracy, God you know, if that's no worry that I could tell you how I appreciate these. these people like, oh, God, they like my my inside of my head, man. And they knowing what I was wanting before I was born. They're here to do what I need to do. So I just thank all these and for guiding me because who am I to know what what I should do? But John and the people, Trace and all the guys and, and, the, and the college who embraced me for what I have done, what I'm doing, what I'm planning to do.
1: John tell us about this what is uh, what's what what is it that we've got put together here
6: would um, not I, I I appreciate this and I, 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 I'm uh, I I don't even know what to say after after all that from mr. rush um, it, it, but it was it was um, having him as the first curb visiting scholar in the arts was completely our honor and um, uh, it the yeah, the idea about the program is it's, it's a um, it's, it's an endowed program we have at Rhodes, and the idea is to not create a music business school or, or sort of the old models, but to use in 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 higher education in college we call it experiential learning, but it's basically real world learning. It's it's learning from the masters. It's learning from the people who are the real experts in this music, um, and then. Uh, and so that's that's sort of our charge is to engage our students engage these really smart young people who are going to be the you know the future really um uh, put them in conversation give them time with the people who have paved these paths and um and and we're just so honored that mr rush chose to do that when he he was there he spent a whole semester (laughs) with us over at Rhodes. he came several times he taught uh, one of the classes in our undergraduate humanities cycle, which was awesome. Um, uh, he, he did some interviews and in oral histories. He, he performed with the jazz band. Um, and it was one of those things that really, like, students from, from that time look back on that time they keep talking about it. But even him coming back and reengaging with Rhodes and getting to tell those stories. It, it, it just keeps that it just keeps it going really and 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 that's the that's kind of the business we're in is to try to you know inspire the people who are going to do amazing things next and we we cannot thank Mr. Rush enough for,
5: for his time and his, his his generosity and and everything really.
1: Well, that's some. Well, real thank
5: you very much. And, you know, I, I just I just want to say before we get too far because of my hook up with John and all the people that rolled. Tracy Shaw was really a really was a friend to the people who made this happen. I want to thank her first of all for putting this together for the friendship she had with everybody there made it possible for me to do this. Yeah. Tra- Absolutely. Tra- I, I will that. thank
3: you. Yeah. Thank you Tracy. Tracy has been instrumental in being on the board of directors for the Memphis Police Society as well for those who don't know that. So yeah she has a huge part in you know all this.
1: Well, and giving real world experience to these, uh, or you know, at least a, uh, an education to these uh, to these younger folks that are thinking about getting into the music, you know, I cannot think of a, a better example than to have somebody like Bobby Rush stand up there and tell you things like how not to get screwed over by the man, or how to be a showman, or you know, how to look good on stage doing it, you know, that kind of thing.
5: Yeah, you, you know, that's, that's, that's why I come in and try to make young people know that it's not just about the fame of it and the function of it. You have to be good at what you're doing. And that's okay. what I try to be the best at what I'm doing. And I know everybody don't like Bobby Rush, but if I'm good at what I'm doing, you can say, I don't like Bobby Rush, but damn, he good. That's all what matters to me. Well, sure. That's- Bobby
3: Rush? Look, I'm reading this. Bobby Rush has earned 12 Blues Music Awards and 48 nominations, including the prestigious BB King Entertainer of the Year Award and Album of the Year. I mean, I could go on and on and on. You, you, you have oh, had so many you're accolades. You're I mean, so kind to
5: think that I'm. <laughs>
3: seriously, like well, just, it's I, amazing. I think, and so, at your age, and I don't want to give it away, but I will say this: I think you're like at least 87. So, what keeps Bobby Rush going? Like, is it just strictly your love of the music? Tell us love what. Love of the music. I
5: mean, love, no. Love, love, love of the music, and I. And I write 98% of the things that I do, and I tell my life story, to me, and I tell the truth about most of it. When I said truth about most of it, I lied about a few things. I, I, I wrote this song, but I wouldn't speak with a fat woman no more. I lied about that. You know? <laughs> you know? But, but most of the things, I tell the truth about it. And, and I'm just so thankful that God gave me the gift to keep writing and keep doing what I'm doing. I think I wrote myself song-wise to who I am now mostly. And then that come to entertainment later. Because because I couldn't entertain if I hadn't wrote some that put me on the stage where people could see my entertainment.
1: Yeah, a lot of people have a hard time understanding that as an entertainer, ninety nine percent of your work happens off the stage. It's that you know, yes. it's that last one yes. percent that's 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 the paycheck. But you work so damn hard to get to that spot.
5: Well, I'm not like John Bass. See, John Bass got the education to go with his so learning. Plus, he's a good musician, good guitar player. I don't have all those things. All I do is play guitar. I don't have the education background to go with it.
3: No, no, no. You play harmonica, harmonica, too, baby. I yes, know that. Yes, I'm, I'm, I high
5: player. Oh, yeah. Just, those, those are my things. I'm a bass player. And I'm sorry. I had to point that out because I'm a
3: big harmonica fan, so.
5: But I think I'm a better songwriter than I am all of that, you know. And, and I write the kind of songs that... That takes place in people's hearts and, and people could understand where I'm coming from, you know? Well, it's about real world with you. That's what it's about. That's it. It's you know? not this fantasy
1: it's life. Truly, it's, yeah. Go ahead, Tracy.
4: And it's, it's truly about the real world. Uh, Mr. Rush has traveled and performed in every major market in the world
3: and Tracy Tracy market. Tracy tell everybody because Bobby's not going to say it tell everybody how many freaking like different like titles he's been given all over the world
4: Oh my goodness when the Olympics was in Beijing China when China hosted the Olympics that same year they named him friendship ambassador to the Great Wall of China. He also inscribed his message of peace. He's one of three world artists that was asked to inscribe a message of peace at Heaven's Gate um, on the Great Wall of China. And, of course, you know, it was our infamous president, Richard Nixon, that got them to develop that into a tourist attraction, the Great Wall. Uh, That was through his suggestion. And back when UNESCO was honoring uh, the Great Wall, celebrating an anniversary for it, Bobby Rush became the first blues artist to ever perform at the Great Wall of China. And he did so to 40,000 which was the then-largest concert ever held at the Great Wall of China. So he's taken blues truly to every nick and cranny around the globe, and that's part of the things that we'll be exploring with John's students uh, more specifically in February. Uh, in the classroom over at Rhodes and we're so excited about that because so many times we just look at him as Bobby Rush just simple, accessible but he's truly taking blues around the world and is a great ambassador for the blues.
1: Absolutely. Oh my god, yes. I mean, I can only imagine how, how the Chinese would have accepted the, the blues. I mean, it's like Blue jeans, rock and roll, and Bobby Rush standing up there. This is this is the beacon of freedom and democracy, my friends.
5: <laughs> well, this your show would have went well though, with the booze and the blues.
1: Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, I
4: don't was deny so funny. it. Funny, <laughs> you know, yeah. he did have to send in all of his song lyrics because it's China. Oh well, yeah, he has to censor. We, we didn't get censored. He was able to do everything and the part that, the pageantry of it, the way they welcomed him, Russia, then Russia did a big uh, ceremony for him and he was just received on a status of royalty. And I was like, this is huge. And then for us to come back and I'm like, oh, Mr. Rush, this it was no big deal to him. I don't. I still can't tell you to this day if he really gets the impact of opening up the blues to 1.3 billion people wow. that had never even experienced the blues before. I can't think of a modern day performer that's done that.
1: I, I hope you had your merch table set up there, Bobby Rush. <laughs> yeah,
5: you know, but oh. I, I'm just a blues singer, man. I just you know, someone told me, B.B. King told me about 25 years before he passed, he said, "Bobby Rush, i like for you to write a song, produce a record on me. Me? B.B. King asked me to do this? Yeah, I couldn't believe he asked me to do it. He said, because you can play and sing. I could only sing and play. He said, because when I'm singing, I can't play. When I play, I can't sing. You can <laughs> sing and play, you know? John knows, John knows what I'm talking about when I say that, because a lot of <laughs> guys can play but they can they can play and sing, you know, you know. And and I can kind of play and sing, you know. The things I do, I can. It's like rubbing your head and patting your stomach, you know. I well. can gotta kind of do two three things at one time, you know. Have there yeah. been have there been a lot of artists over the years that
1: ask you to write for them specifically?
5: Yeah, I, I, I did it to things for the OJs and not many blue blue a lot of a lot of them now, they come to me now because I think a lot of them want me to write now because I have a little clout and they want me to be a part of the. Uh, catalog, so they could sell records. right ride on my shoulder for a few things, but uh, there have been some people who asked me to do something in the past. I didn't do it because it took me out of realm of where where my head was. I I I'm, I'm like a piece of pie. I got a slice cut out. I don't want anybody to to take me away from that. I beginning to look at some other things now with some some, some other artists that I'm going to do some. I want to call name now, but I just did some thing with the, with the Beatles catalog and some thing uh, with. the with the uh, Ever Clapton peoples and and I'm gonna do something like that because I want to to I want to take me to another level. I don't just want to do something because I'm a blues man. And most guys want to do it because they want to ride on my shoulder as this legend legendary blues guy. You know.
1: Oh sure, sure. Which 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 leads me into this conversation now about this new record that you have, rawer than raw. Um, what's uh, I, 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 you follow? You're following Porcupine Meat, which is a heck of a record, man. I mean that's uh it's it took the Grammys by storm. It's taken the blues scene by storm in general, and then you come out with this, and uh, I, there's you got well, you've got the uh, the Elmore James classic "Dust My Broom" on
5: here too. Yeah, but can you can you can you uh, uh, read you? And you visualize me doing it coming with the, with the, with off the Grammy coming with the record uh, on on top of the blues and, and a, with a wall record like this that showed the other side of me and then really it's really i don't have to I don't have to rehearse to do this kind of thing. Cause it's just natural to me sure it's, right it's natural to me because this is what I've been doing all the time I've just been taking these kind of songs as demos and taking them in the studio with the band and put music putting another music behind it. But here's a situation now. where we were not touring. I said, "Why should I want to put music behind this? Let's do some raw Bobby Rush." Because this wasn't something I just did. This time I had hundreds of songs like this in the can, already recorded. Yeah. Well, this I is. Put, I can put out an album like this for the next ten years. This is this is what
1: this is what this is the this is the Bobby Rush that made Bobby Rush is really kind of what I'm getting Last at. Yes,
5: yeah. I like it. <laughs> this the Bobby Rush that made Bobby Rush.
1: Absolutely, because everybody has exactly. to start somewhere. I mean, I, I, I imagine you as a youngster probably, you know, well, you got lucky and got the great lesson from Elmore James himself, but you also got a chance to sit and play around with the records and and, and, and be self-taught to a certain extent and and really open yeah. up that door to yourself and, and what this music really means to, to, to audiences and to yourself.
5: Yeah, I, I was able to do some of the things I wanted to do, and now I'm able to do a lot of things I should have done, I would have done, if I'd, if I'd have had some record company who believed in what I was doing. I remember in 1968 when I had a record called Chicken Heads. Yes. Yeah. So Calvin oh, yeah. Carter had BJ Records at the time, big big record company. He said, Robert Rich, I want to <laughs> record a record on you, but uh, I said, I got a record, man. Y'all think you're like?" He said, what's the name of us? I said, Chick Heads. <laughs> so Leo Stale was a was a Jehovah's Witness preacher. Oh, he said, Lord. oh, he didn't cut no record cut that Chick head. I said, chicken head. He said, oh, yeah, you from down south. You eat chicken heads down there and chicken feet. And they laughed about it, joking at me as a black man from the south. I said, yeah, that's what I do down south. He said, well, how do the record go? I said, daddy told me on his dying bed, give up your heart, but don't you lose your head. You came along, girl. What did I do? I lost my heart and my head, too, which had nothing to do with a chicken. That's right. Wow. And I said, I got, he said, well, you got to have a B-side. I said, I got a B-side. What's the name of it? I said, Mary Jane. He said, Oh yeah, man, Mary Jane. I had a woman get me wrong. I need to talk about that girl. Get me wrong. Her name was Mary Jane, and I wasn't talking about a girl at all. No. I was talking about Reefa getting high. You know. <laughs> so I had two guys I didn't understand what I was talking about. I was over their heads. So I said, Wow, well, I got me some guys here. I can do what I want to do.
2: <laughs>
5: you know. <laughs> so now, now I said that to say this. Leading up to now, I. I you know we can't we can't travel now like we used to. This is my record label, so I want to put out some things that I've been wanting and do something and say something inside the records that I've been wanting to say all the time. I got a chance to do that now.
1: Yeah, yeah, you don't have to answer to anybody but yourself on this
5: deal. That's right. I talk to me myself and I, and have a meeting in the bathroom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See now, there, Doctor Doctor John Bass, uh, you, you you just signed up for a big deal over here to have Bobby Rush teaching your kids.
6: Amazing, but the John, John went, uh, uh, I'll I'll tell you something, I'll tell you something about, and him, I'll, about uh, Bobby Rush and, as, as an educator. Um so you know, with the with the pandemic, um, you know, roads. Rhodes, we're we're starting to do some classes in person right now, but we were all remote but you know, this is like this week was my first time on campus since last March. Um, oh, boy. And so, Mr. Rush visited, our, visited a, a class I teach, um, It's the Kervin Institute class, it's called Music and Community in Memphis. It's all about, you know, bringing, because so, most of our students are not from Memphis, you know, like only 10% of our students are from Memphis. Is so a lot of people come here mm-hmm. with Memphis in mind. And, and we, so we do these classes um, and they're on Zoom, right? So I spent a lot of time on Zoom. And um, Mr. Rush came into the class and he gave the most amazing Zoom presentation I've ever seen. Like, like it, it, it was textbook. Like, like, teachers should watch this thing. But um, it, it was just, like, you know, the, the feedback from students was, was amazing. It's his stories. It's his, his way of connecting with everybody, really. But, but, but even with, with young people who are not, they're not Blues fans, right? They're not, you know, coming into this as, you know, the, the you know, the audience who's gonna know a lot about Mr. Rush, his way of immediately connecting with them, immediately you know, they, they feel they feel connection to him. And the thing that's most amazing is that he we were talking for a little bit and then he would pick up his harmonica and he would like, you know, stomp his foot on the beat, play harmonic and sing. And the deepest groove you've ever felt is coming over Zoom and I mean it's just like like he, so that's just his the power of this music but really the power of him to transcend like all these barriers especially that we have right now even these technological barriers I mean I was watching my students' heads on the, the screen just just like just grooving as deeply as they would groove to their favorite music you know listening to him with nothing but a harmonica and you know that's that those are the points of education like that that's where the learning really is.
1: It's that connection moments, between right. teacher and students, and and that that's a that's I know that's the uh, that's the touchstone for every teacher, every educator. Wants that that one specific moment, and here comes Bobby Rush walking to he go. Hey, you, you see, you ain't got no harmonica. This
6: is how you do it. Yep. Yeah. And and, well, and me, that's and let that's, let that's, 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 and you that's why guess. creating this, not, this yeah. sort of platform is so important, right? Because that that's our job, right? Is right. to right. make those moments happen and and like that's like like it's nothing but gratitude it, it's, it's 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 seeing seeing the light in the you know a 19 year old eyes go wow. by hearing something that bobby rush says right like like it, there's so much out there you're so inundated with so much information now um you know they could find that on their own sure but they probably won't but to be able to create that moment it's like okay this is some truth that's happening right here. And that's the, that's the moment that we were looking for.
5: What were you going to say, Bobby, about all that? Oh, I, w- I was saying that I was so nervous because I, did, I didn't know, I know, I'm pretty popular in Memphis, Tennessee, and I know Memphis, season, I got a lot of fans around that. But, but but being 10% of the people at the college from the Memphis area, and the other people from, another 90% from other areas, I wasn't for sure that other areas were going to understand what Barbara Rich do what I what I stood for and the kind of music I played. But but but, but they really take it into me and I just didn't know how that gonna come out. So uh John kinda convinced me that, that 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 this be me. And that's what I was doing be me. And I and I talk about uh since this is Black History Month, we talk about the rappers being who they are doing what they're doing. I don't endorse all the rappers and what they do, especially with the pants down the whole bit. But then again, if you lift the head level up, the pants will come with it. So that's what I'm about. Because it, if it, because Jane Brown and myself, probably one of the first black rappers was out here. We just did it in another way. Absolutely. Because uh, if it yep. wasn't for a Ray, probably wouldn't be no 50 cents. It'd be a dime a quarter or something, you know? Inside of my song, I'm serious in a little shack down by the bay not far from New Orleans. I met this pretty woman down there when I was about 19. She went and told her daddy she wanted to marry me and look on her daddy's face, really was a sight to see. He said, get out of here with you and don't you come back no more. Well, I went to meet her daddy like a young man oughta, but he didn't want Bobby Rush to marry his daughter. When I went by the house that day, he met me at the door with a brother and sister, big brother John and a dog named Bo, saying, get out of here with you and don't you come back no more. (laughs) Well, we sneak down to get married, judge to do the to swear well, to take this woman for your lawful wife and not a one-night love affair before i could open my mouth to say i do guess who walks through the door dad mom big brother john and the dog named both what i thought right then if i wanted to get married to the woman i had to find my way to elope we decided to go to las vegas to get away from the nosy folks soon as we got to las vegas that day that same day we walked in there was all her kin and all her friend and that dog gone dog again and if they ain't rap, I don't know
1: what it is. That's yeah, so true. That's what I was gonna say.
3: That's what I
1: was gonna say. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. You and James Brown. I can see that. Did you? Did you ever? Did you ever meet uh, uh, Mr. Brown?
5: Oh, you kidding me? I knew him for sixty years. Did you really? Been for sixty years. Yeah. We must have did at least 40, 50 shows together. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I've I remember, seen you. I remember, I'm, I've Never, seen
3: you kind of uh, do your James Brown moves.
5: Well, I don't know about the move because <laughs> age-wise, we probably the same age in the age round. I may be a few months older than James Brown. You know, I was—he's um, in my age bracket for sure. You know, I don't tell my age after after this year, so we're gonna stop telling my age. But I'm over—I'm over eighty-five, but under ninety, so I say it like that.
1: Well, there you go. Well, I'm I'm thinking there's gonna be a lot more records coming out of you
5: though, buddy. I
3: was like, yeah, I just have to guess, ask guess, you this. I, I just think have I'm to,
5: right now for the records, and have to come with what I want to talk about. Well. I
3: just have to ask you this minor question. Do people really eat porcupine meat? <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: Natalie.
3: I'm sorry, but
5: <laughs> if anybody now,
3: knows about, about that, it's going to be first Bobby. You
5: to me when I asked you the question. First, 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 <laughs> of, all, first of all, you said it was going to be minor. <laughs> and, and, and of it's major. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, you, thank you. You got caught in that I,
3: I feel validated now, Bobby. Thank you.
5: Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was, I wasn't talking about animal at all. I was talking about a man so in love with the woman that I know I love her more. Than she loved me, but I don't want to leave her because I like what she do to me. That's something we talking about a physical thing now. And you it, it may not be good for me, but it's sure always good to me. And and I don't want to leave her because I'm afraid I wouldn't find someone to compare with her, or compete with her. I'm better than her. I'm near near the what I'm getting. So that's pocket pine meat is too fat to eat and too lean to throw away.
3: Wow! There it is. I Does love that explain that. that for you? I love that.
5: Can you sleep better now yes. knowing the answer to that? No. Yeah. <laughs> 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 now, she was she, but she know better. She's not when talking about no pork. I'm gonna talk about that. That's something you like so well with someone that you that you know. They don't mean you no good, you know but you just like what's happening, you know. You like the physical thing going on. And you you don't want to give it up. You see, that's, that's the too fat to eat, too lean to throw
1: away. That's the blues. You see, this is Bobby Rush has just done give a lesson right now about what what blues lyrics is all about. It's about real life, real emotion, and real feeling. And and that's and, right. that's what
5: the blues all about.
1: Man. That is so true. Yeah. It, and and see, those kids need they they'll pick up on that in a heartbeat. And right now, I know with everything going on in the world, you are not short of of material to
5: write about. Oh no, no, I'm gonna I got. I got some things I can't talk about it now. In fact, so we're talking about what I'm doing. I just finished up with a book, man. will be out in 90 days. Shut book up. Called really? A book called, book called Ain't Stegman.
3: <gasps> oh, my God. I love that song. So you and named the book after
5: that. I'm, That's amazing. I'm telling, a lot of things, I'm telling a lot of things on myself, about myself, that people haven't heard because I haven't been this perfect kind of guy in this life, and man, I did a whole lot of things. I have never drank, smoked it, had no form of fashion, but I did a whole lot of things that, that, that uh, oh God, <laughs> not so much wrong with me, man. So I'm, I'm just telling it in the book. Well, haven't we all, right?
1: And it comes out in 90 yeah. days, you said?
5: It comes out in 90 days. Oh, to, you know, It's going to be a great book. I'm telling on myself and a lot of other people. I'm looking you forward know. to reading that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make some people mad and some people happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> those are the best kind of books. Maybe when uh, when it, when it comes out, you can come back on the show. We can talk about it.
5: Hell yeah! <laughs> you know, we'll Talk about it. You'll talk about that. You know. You know. What I'm you. I didn't say anything about John though. He felt
3: like you know, I'm about to ask. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you say anything about uh, about Tr- Tracy? Tracy? Yeah. That's I No. That's not.
5: Yeah, I, I won't say what I said about it. I said a couple of things about Tracy, but it was a good thing. Oh yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I wrote a song, about I wrote a song. Have, did, you, did you did I you did you
3: proofread this, Tracy?
4: I'm trying. I'm trying to bring in censorship <laughs> as it relates to that. But hey, I gotta trust it and go with it.
5: But yeah, yeah. You know. but but it's, it's, you know, when you're writing a book. There's so many things you can write about. If it's if it just straight down the line, it's just another book. But this book ain't straight down the line. It's tell, it t- telling a lot of things, a lot of curves and a lot of hills, a lot of valleys about myself, where I've been, what I've been doing, and what I should have been, what I shouldn't have did. Oh, it's telling a whole lot of things, you know?
1: Well, you know, sometimes, you know, you gotta you got to let it all out and, uh, you know, lay it out there for everybody to, to deal with, whether, whether they agree with it or not. It's none of their business.
5: Well, it's just I couldn't read it all out in one book. After, you know, after, you know, seventy years out here on this road, you can't tell it in one book. You know, you know. After all it's that, a whole lot of things to be told.
1: After all that time out on the road, and and uh, the way the road the way records were made then, and the way that records are made now, is is there is there a time in all of those that, that that would have been your favorite decade of of any of those any of those years?
5: I think the the, the early part of my life was the best part when I didn't know the politics. <clears throat> I didn't know to play the of politics. That was the best because I didn't know. You know, God take care of, of babies and fools. So I was a fool about the business, didn't know what I was doing. And God just taking care of me, man. Now I know a little about the politics, so you you got to kind of cut records 50 or uh, commercially. It's like doing to advertise. You can't advertise uh, about candy in an old folk home. They love it, but they can't chew it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so you got to you got to be precise about it, and you're in radio, you know. If you got to know your audience, what oh. songs to play and what not to play, and what what you got to find out what not to do. What I try to do in my life now, Rick, is try to make sure that I do the things I cannot do, because the thing you can do will take care of itself.
1: Yes, sir. So true. It's 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 not what you do; it's what you don't do that's just as that's important. What
5: you don't do, man, you hit on me. It ain't what you do; it's what. you you have to know what not
1: to say, not what to say. Oh, yeah. I've told, I've told people, all, you know, most of my life is like, you know, I may not be the best at what I do, but I can tell you what I won't do. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You know, because that's, I've seen that happen. I've watched people, you know, make really horrific mistakes over the over the years, and they pay, they pay dearly for that. And, you know, you just can't, you
5: can't do that. Let, let me tell you something, real while we're talking about that. Yes, sir. small do you think that is, you know, this is the first time I did a meeting in an interview, and the first time I heard someone say, what, be careful what you don't say, and I, I know you—you you, you want a few people like that to say that to me, and understood what I was talking about. You don't have to—you don't have to practice what what you can do. Practice what you can't do. That's right. So what you can do is take care of yourself.
1: Yeah, if the good Lord gives you the talent to, to run your mouth in a certain way, he's going to give you the talent knowing to shut it up. That's what I'm talking about. That's right.
4: Well, well,
3: well yeah, that's to a happen degree. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, that's to you know.
1: I've crossed the line a few times, Bobby Rice, I can tell you that. But that's but that's all right. That's but, all part of it.
5: Yeah, I always use the word, Rick, as well, I, I, I may not know everything, but I'm smart enough to know I don't know nothing. Because when a man maintain you what he know. he won't talk long. Because man don't know nothing.
1: There is that. <clears throat> I'm trying to add a caller here, and this phone's not cooperating with me. Um,
5: I hear you well, though.
1: Well, that's good. No, that no, I no, appreciate it. No, we have a we have a caller trying to come in, and I'm having a little bit of a technical difficulty here with it. But, but apparently, there's somebody in Arkansas that is uh, is interested in talking to you about naming a street after you. Oh
5: yeah, man. Yeah, but I just just named the street. One of my first gigs that I played when I was a teenager, I wasn't old enough to be in the club, I put my, I put some moustache on, I didn't have no moustache, and what oh, I did, we wow. got, I slashed the match and got to set off the match and painted myself some boomane moustache, and act like I was 18 years old, at that time you can go to the club when you're
1: 18,
5: yeah. and I was about 15, 16 years old, and went in the club, and the club I played in, they named the street after me in Time Bluff, Arkansas. And well, that's, a, that's a, such a uh, great honor to me for them to do that. Well,
1: that's good. That way, they, that way, they, you know, they won't get lost. <laughs> <laughs>
5: you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, you're right I, oh yeah. Times yeah. Me, me. Yeah, Pablo, Arkansas.
1: Well. Uh, um, uh, Bobby Rush, I want to I thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart and all of us over here at Radio Memphis for taking uh, some time to be so generous with, the, with that uh, here on this Sunday evening and, and talk about this stuff. I, I've got your record. We're going to play a couple of tunes tonight uh, for the, those that are listening. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much. And, and Dr. John uh, Bass, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, an honor. Let it, me tell you let me tuned
6: tuned. all it's of you, Dr.
5: John, John on. and, you, and you separate, and then uh, everybody else in, in the part of this uh, conversation. Thank you all for what you have done, what you're doing, what you plan to do, because what you say about me, what people perceive me to be. So thank you for your good uh, your good reviews and what have you.
1: Well, keep keep working, keep safe, and uh, and, uh, and uh, next time you got a little time you want to chat, <clears throat> when that book comes out, feel free to give us a call. We'd love to hear
5: from you. Again. I will do. I'd love to do it. Pastor, thank you very much.
1: Thank you all. Thank, thank you all you. so much. Thank you. All
5: right. All right. Good night.
1: Love you.
4: Bye bye right now. Hi, this is Reverend Oma from the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. A lot of us are making time to deepen our spiritual paths. The Broom Closet has a wide selection of books on spiritual topics and a huge selection of tarot and oracle cards for connecting with spirit and our higher selves. You can choose from our vast selection of gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry to enhance your spiritual journey. Check out our Mindful Living gifts and home decor to complete your sacred space. Visit us in downtown Memphis or online at TheBroomClosetMemphis.com. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus, so stay a minimum of six feet away from others and stay home if you can. More info at coronavirus.gov.
3: Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by
0: the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar.
6: I am. I actually, uh, I'm working on a record for a good friend of mine uh, named Jake Freel over at uh, Electrophonic.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. We were hoping you'd be like relocating to our fair city.
6: <laughs> well, you never know, man. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful town down here. i had the pleasure of spending uh, more than a little bit of time over the past couple years and Especially in the springtime, man, it's a it's a pretty tempting proposition.
1: It is nice here in the spring. I wouldn't make this decision in like July, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. You start to think, yes. I don't know about this. Yeah. You, you sweat when you take a shower in this town.
6: Right. Exactly. You get in the cool bathtub and you're thinking to yourself, Hey, you turn the air conditioner on.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, absolutely.
6: You uh, you hail from Colorado, is that right? Yeah, man. I, I grew up over on the, uh, the western slu- uh, slope.
0: For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, Pocket Cast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There
1: you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. The great A.J. Fullerton. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Got some cool stuff coming down the road too. As uh, as the uh, as as we start moving into summertime, good Lord Almighty, it's May already. Yikes! Well, that does it for us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We had to go a little long. I mean, it's Bobby, you got to get Bobby all the time you can get out of Bobby. Bobby Ruston, you don't fool around. <laughs> Man's nearly ninety years old, and he'll kick your ass. Deservedly so, by God. We'll see you next time. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. For God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radioland.